Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. We are back, back together, together again. again. Wonderfully, wonderfully excited about this particular podcast because we are going to be continuing our Gospel for Real Life series. And today we're going to be focusing on another contribution that Jeremy made, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, recovering hope. We're going to be talking about, again, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and what Jeremy contributed in this. Jeremy, you want to just tell us a little bit of your heart on this one? Sure. You know, this is uh, this book is written in similar uh, form as The Cutting in that it does cover a case study of an individual, or at least it has a, an example of that where an individual is, I um, think he lost his son. And I, I want to say up front, you know, this, this booklet was intended to be, to offer a theological perspective on suffering and trauma. So it's not, if you purchase this booklet, it's not going to be a booklet that says here are some methods to yeah. to actually help someone with PTSD necessarily, although there are some practical principles in every section yeah. uh, where we give practical things for people to consider and think through from scripture. Uh, but really it's more of a, a theological worldview of why we even have to deal with something like post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. in the first place. And um, I start with describing PTSD, at least from the way our culture has has defined it, yeah. and um, primarily, and, and most people are familiar with this, but it's it's when a person experiences a a, a, a loss or a, a fear of death or, mm. or life mm. threatening situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also, anything threatening really, it doesn't just have to be life or death. So. Anything that produces some sort of trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that could be in relationships. That yeah. could be... Um, is that why they're? Uh, is that why they're they're seeming to uh, kind of diagnose people more generically with PTSD Probably. versus where yeah. before it was like military? Yes, that stuff. Where now it's like if you get out of a bad you know relationship, it's you know you mm-hmm. know they're going to diagnose you with PTSD to yeah. some extent or complex trauma such as what we talked yep. about in the cutting book of ongoing sexual abuse as a child. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so it's it's a very you know a lot of people it's kind of a buzzword right yeah. now also trauma but we do want to take it seriously and we want to ask ourselves what does the bible bring to bear on this diagnosis that sounds so complex and intimidating and and it is complex on a physiological side uh what what is happening during uh when someone is traumatizes uh their sympathetic nervous system is is on constant alert and the sympathetic mm. is what tells me there's danger it's what produces adrenaline so that i can fight or run uh so the fight or flight response is very much a piece of this so there's a there is certainly a physiological piece to ptsd or freeze fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we as biblical counselors, you know, we don't want to ignore that reality. We yeah. don't want to ignore there are actually involuntary uh, mechanisms going on in the brain that are very legitimate. 
in this struggle. Now, this booklet does not get into those right. biological things very much. It's a right. tiny little, tiny little overview. Right. Biological. Um, yes. So we, we, but yeah, so we have to keep in mind, even when we're talking about something like PTSD, we're going to talk about that issue differently than a non-believer. Right. Uh, because mm-hmm. we have a worldview that, that what I would say is, is an open system where there is a spiritual reality yeah. and it's not all just material and physiological, but uh, the spiritual is always engaged. Yeah. And um, so that's what I attempt to bring into play in this booklet and really bring bring into the discussion a theology of suffering, because that's what PTSD is. It's yeah. someone who's experienced suffering yeah. already, but then the experience of these flashbacks or these physiological uh, reactions are also a form of ongoing suffering that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And uh, we bring it, we bring this idea of, uh, of a theology of suffering through the narrative of the gospel. Uh, so the booklet highlights creation, the way things should be, and then it mm-hmm. highlights the way it was not originally designed to mm-hmm. be, which is the fall. And sin and suffering. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so with the fall comes sin and suffering. So you have the initial uh, uh, suffering that could have come at the hands of someone else's sin. Yeah. Um, or not. I mean, a car accident that no one was intentionally uh, intending, but that's still a form of suffering. And so as Christians, we have to deal with two things. We have to deal with the suffering peace, with gentleness and great compassion. Uh, but we also cannot ignore that in our response to suffering, sometimes uh, the heart's deceitfulness can creep in and often will creep in and even have us respond to this suffering in a way that is driven by more of a self-focused, yeah. sinful, sinful root. Mm-hmm. Where self-preservation becomes perverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love uh, the guy, the Christian philosopher, James K.A. Smith. <laughs> you don't and, say. And <laughs> he, I, he just really emphasizes the existential nature of our lives and he situates or he conceptualizes humans as teleological creatures. And what he means by that, and I think this is captured in the booklet, is that we are all functioning in our lives with a specific telos, with a specific target that uh, we would define as our vision of the good life. Yeah. Um, he uses the word shalom. And, you know, what is it that, that captures our heart? Jesus would have used the language of treasures, mm-hmm. that we are creatures that are driven by what we treasure. What we treasure captures our heart. And when a person goes through a tragedy, uh, there are treasures that will begin to compete with God's glory. There are treasures that will compete with our design to love God and love our neighbor, that if we give in to those treasures will ultimately cause us to basically collapse existentially upon ourselves and life just becomes profoundly far more miserable. When you say existential, Jeremy, what do you mean? Because I, I think the people don't use that word on a regular basis, most mm-hmm. people. But can, can you just kind of give a, just a summary of like, what, what what is existentialism or being existential? Yeah. So just an existential perspective means that, uh, that we're dealing with themes such as purpose and meaning, um, th- th- things that we pursue in life that, that give us a sense of purpose or meaning. Um, it's also... So what is my existential purpose as a Christian? Uh, The answer, I think, 
from that would be taken from the Westminster Catechism, which is what is the chief aim of man? That That is an existential. That's the first question, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. the first question. And, and that's an existential question. What yeah. is my aim? What yeah. is my purpose on this earth? Yeah. And um, according to that particular uh, question in, in catechism, it is to glorify God and to enjoy God. And anything that takes us away from that takes us, pulls us away from our humanity. Yeah. It pulls us away from God's image even in us. And suffering can do that. And um, uh, trauma can can do that. And again, we're not being preachy about this. We I would never mm-hmm. shake my finger in the face of someone who has been traumatized and begin to preach to them about sin and how they just need to to start living for Jesus. We would that's not where this booklet is going. Yeah. But at a deeper level that is what we want. Yeah. And as biblical counselors, we have to be creative and discerning and compassionate in how we communicate that message because that is the message of life. Uh, if as we learn more and more through our joys, through our suffering, even through struggles with sin, uh, if, if we are learning more and more how to glorify God in those moments, then we are living out our existential design. That's good because, you know, um, apologetically speaking, you know, existentialism is alive and well in secularism. Oh, yes. You know, and that's actually, they take great pride in their existential uh, pursuits where I'm I'm the captain of my own ship. This is kind of where we get this, you know, my destiny is in my hands. I'm the captain of my own soul and will. And so I'm figuring this out as I go. That's mm-hmm. quote unquote, the freedom that I have as a human being to make my existential reality. But going back to suffering, all of a sudden, if I'm suffering and my worldview is not Christ or God's not in that framework, then yeah, I become inwardly driven and self-centered because I'm suffering and this is going against my telos. This is going against what I ultimately am pursuing and wanting Mm -hmm. in my existentialism. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. And so with PTSD, if when you, here's how the, I think we want to do a good job of, of honoring both the physiological and the spiritual. So uh, from a neurological perspective, if I experience something that is familiar to my trauma that feels familiar this feels like what my trauma moment felt like or yeah. moments felt like uh, my amygdala which i don't really have control of is always on the look for danger always 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 in ways we don't even realize and when that amygdala is activated it just begins a physiological reality that sends all kinds of chemicals through the body in order to survive that threat or that danger but what happens is we begin to adopt belief systems uh, and that that's coming more from from the the more conscious part of the brain that we do have control over the the cortex the front part of the brain but those that that physiological experience begins to influence belief systems about myself yeah there's consequences when that's going and firing Yes. Yeah. And so I began to believe things about my world, uh, myself, um, and all those belief systems always reveal a belief system about God that I may not even You're right. realize is present. Right. Um, and then, you know, also the heart is producing desires. It, my heart, that's where this teleological treasure oriented mindset comes in from scripture. Yeah. That the heart 
is ultimately driven by what it's valuing most in that moment. Obviously, when a person has been through something painful and dangerous and scary, we want to be in control. We want safety. We want security. That is understandable. Right. Uh, that person in front of us that's coming with these things spiritually, uh, that's not a time for condemnation, but a time for compassion and understanding because mm-hmm. any of us would mm-hmm. be doing the same thing. Right. And that's where the physiological and spiritual are interacting and can yeah, make it's good. really complicated. It's good. So with that, you've got you've got principles uh, within throughout uh, the, the sections of this book. Yeah, obviously, you know me, the how-to girl. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, the kind of these booklets are a little bit of a disservice because you're like, how in the world are you going to capture a topic like these that mm-hmm. we try to do with the Gospel for Real Life series um, in such a small booklet? And so when you, but when you think from a counseling standpoint, it you, it's, they're all written. All the authors are such good writers and obviously very knowledgeable on these topics where, you know, you like them have given a lot of good information, but then things throughout the book that can practically be used and digested through the counseling process, which is obviously what the kind of the the hope and the purpose of it is. So as a counselor, I can read this and do this myself and grow, but then I can also give these booklets to those that I'm counseling or the families of those I'm counseling to help understand it. Mm -hmm. What I like uh, about this book is um, where they're all kind of like slightly written differently. And and what you've done in this book is in throughout the book and sections, you've put principles of perseverance and you'll have anywhere from, you know, one to six that goes along within the sections that then has you, you know, them digest a little bit more. Like for instance, this one says, read Psalms 145 and write down the verses and phrases that place God at the center of all praise. Recognize the purpose of all creation, praise to God. And in such praise, your ultimate goal at this time, why or why not? Right. That's one question out of the, the, you know, all the ones that you have throughout the book. So what was kind of your heart and goal behind the principles of perseverance? Yes. So theologically, we want to have a good perspective of just the fall and its impact on our lives. And, you know, that's what I, one of the things I love about scripture is it it really talks about our reality in a fallen world and it makes sense of, of PTSD to a large degree. So we wanted that piece, but I also wanted to leave a few nuggets throughout the book of practical application. Um, And perseverance is a spiritual discipline in our lives. And I think when a person is going through the terrible experiences of the aftermath of trauma, that the the idea, the the doctrine of perseverance or the the theological concept of perseverance needs to become a very familiar reality in their lives. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just about what I am believing, but it's also what am I doing and, and how am I persevering both in my thought life, in what I'm desiring, but also in my behavior in light of, of, um, the, the traumatic struggles or the, the overflow of the trauma that has occurred. And so I just wanted to put some nuggets in there where people could find some practical applications, just such as just going to the scriptures and, 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 and try to, to maintain a, a God oriented perspective, even though the battle with the, the trauma remains and continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my you know, I always go back to Romans chapter one and just how critical it seems Paul is making the glory of God. Mm. Um, Because the minute that people stopped living for the glory of God, all kinds of chaos broke out. And now he 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 moves more in the, in the direction of, of sinful behavior, but I think the the general principle of when the glory of God is not center, uh, then we're moving away from health. We're moving away from our design as creatures yeah. that were created 
to worship the living God. I think that sometimes, again, the titles of the book can do a little bit of a disservice because it's like some people might not pick up this book if they're not counseling, whether they've struggled with PTSD or not counseling someone that has had it, and they'll miss out on some of the things of what to glean of. I mean, this this thing is jam-packed with scripture verses, and you even explain it and how to use it in counseling. And there is a section in here called The Impact of Sin, in which you break down the like as a counselor of sin causes our thinking to become futile and our hearts to become darkened. And then you break that down. Romans one. Right. And then, but then as like, then you put the principles of perseverance and you say, okay, now what do you do as a counselor? We want to identify your futile thoughts, right? How has the trauma influenced your thinking? What beliefs have you adopted the post-trauma that were not present prior to the event? So yeah, it's, it's in this particular topic of the book, but again, tools that we could use for anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, if, if, if you're listening and you're saying, ah, well, this podcast really not might not be for me. I'm glad that you are listening because I do think books like this and the way that the Gospel for Real Life series is written is it can really, uh, there's going to be so many tools and the ways that the scripture is explained that obviously you can use it where, wherever your God is leading you to help. Yeah, the tools struggle. being applied to the topic and the yes. booklet, but it can be applied to a plethora. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. See, I'm so wordy and you just sum me up. I love that. (laughs) You should start doing that more often. You sure? uh, Yeah, I know, right? It might become annoying. Yeah. Because then I'm correcting you. That's true. We won't get into that. We'll we'll, we'll let that be another podcast. But, but, you know, um, yeah, so I was going to kind of wrap up and and share another resource, but was there anything else we missed in the book or do you feel like it gives a pretty good recap, right? I think that's that's a good synopsis. Um, Just want to always encourage counselors or people in ministry out there when you're dealing with things like this to do so with great compassion and mm-hmm. seek understanding and, and realize this isn't just to flip the switch and, and things will be okay. It's it's a journey and a loving, safe, kind, compassionate, honest, truthful counselor mm-hmm. is is very much needed in those kind of situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely good. patience. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it, you know, not not gonna maybe bear fruit right right away. But um, one of the things on this topic, uh, because there's obviously a variety of ways how this particular area is impacting those that you counsel men and women, is we have a podcast previously with Curtis Solomon, uh, where he is actually our conference um, track leader on post-traumatic stress disorder. So if you're wanting to go more in depth, our conference is coming up. We're recording this right now in year 2021. So our conference this year is September 16th through 18th in 2022. We'll be back in April. But when you enroll in the conference, you'll be able to select tracks that you can choose. And PTSD is one of the tracks that we actually have where you'll have eight sessions to go in depth and learn so much more, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Curtis Solomon, who is the executive director of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, is actually the one who heads up that track. And he has um, some gifted men and women who come under uh, to walk alongside him to teach on this track but we've previously recorded a podcast with him so it's probably going to be in the episodes 1020 type area right when we first kind of get started so you can go back listen to him yeah it's called demystifying ptsd yeah and he he's kind of broken he's he's obviously shared a lot more that would be helpful for you to listen to that but also curtis just recently started uh solomon soul care and we'll put in the show notes a link because he is now offering a small 
small group trauma counseling training cohorts uh, this summer for counselors, pastors, and lay people who want to be better equipped in this area. So we'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. So if you want to, if you know anybody or you actually are a counselor or pastor who wants to uh, get better trained in that, you can uh, join his cohort in that too. So I'm thankful for the men and women that God has called out there to really help educate us and equip us in these particular areas. So great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for writing this book, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys for joining us on Speak the Truth. Have a great week.